Well, hello, good morning, Andre here. Welcome to another episode of The Daily. This is episode 67 of The Daily for Tuesday, the 23rd of June. Wherever you're at today, be it on your way to work or sitting on your couch with a cup of coffee, I hope that you are ready to take on this brand new day with courage, with hope, and with faith. Let's begin the podcast. I want to start off this morning by reading to you um, the story of um, the crypto Christians or hidden Christians or Kakure in Japan. Now, in 1549, the Jesuit missionary Francis Xavier introduced Christianity to Japan. And as the church grew rapidly to some 300,000 believers, the shoguns began to grow really uneasy with uh, this new European influence over their country. And so in 1641, Almost a hundred years later, the missionaries were expelled from Japan and the Christians were required to register themselves either as Buddhists or Shintoists. And then those who refused to register themselves as being people of a different faith were pursued and then executed. Now this brutal persecution would cleanse Japan from virtually all Western influence in that day. Now, the shoguns uh, were, however, unaware that some continued to hold on to their Christian faith. And they were known uh, as crypto-Christians or kakure. And so their external lives were almost indistinguishable uh, from the other Japanese, right? They would adopt the practices and form an appearance of non-Christians to ensure survival, to uh, evade persecution. And the crypto-Christians uh, constructed Buddhist shrines in their homes with secret compartments where Christian icons and statues were hidden and where prayers were offered to what they called their closet god, meaning they kept their worship of the Christian god under immense secrecy. They would pretend to be practicing a different faith and religion, but in reality, they were worshipping their god, the Christian god. Now, this strategy of adopting Japanese cultural forms to mask their Christian faith continued for some 240 years. Their intention was to preserve the faith that they had been taught by the missionaries, but that plan over time would backfire, right? Over time, the crypto-Christians confused their Christian beliefs and their Japanese disguises, right? They seemed to meld together. The result was a kind of hybrid religion, no longer adhering to the doctrines of Orthodox Christianity. And when the Europeans, the missionaries, regained entrance to Japan in the 19th century, they were astonished to see communities of hidden Christians living in Japan. But their amazement... uh was short-lived as they discovered these Christians had been practicing a kind of faith that hardly resembled the kind of Christianity that first came to them. One of the missionaries would say, although the faith followed by the underground Christians had the outward appearances of Christianity, the vital content and spirit of the religion evolved into something entirely different. It would be more accurate to call it a folk religion, altogether Japanese in spirit, and content. And even till today, thousands of kakure still exist in Japan worshipping their closet god with a kind of indecipherable amalgamation of Japanese and Latin between like having some semblance to 
the Christian faith and practice, yet being largely shaped by Japanese cultural forms. In 1981, when Pope John Paul II visited Japan, he met with the leaders of the Kakure community to welcome them back into the fold of uh, the Catholic Church. And what one crypto-Christian said to the Pope uh, was this, We have no interest in joining his church. We and nobody else are true Christians. And so we see in this instance, right, where people uh, sought to mask the practice of their faith and merge it with cultural norms and cultural practices and disguise their faith in order for survival. And over time, they will lose the very essence of their faith. They will end up practicing a kind of hybrid faith that paled in comparison with the true Christian faith, with the true way of Jesus, such that to, to a point, they wouldn't be able to distinguish between what is authentic and what is a kind of watered down and hybrid version of that which is true. Now, I bring up this story because in many ways, this kind of parallels how we as Christians live in our context, in our city, in our workplaces, in our schools, in whatever kind of environment we're involved in that is secular, right? And how we have an often warped and dysfunctional understanding of what Jesus meant when he says to be in the world but not often. And often we use it as a kind of license, right, to be in the world, to look like the world so that we would fit in, to not stick out so much such that we won't be relevant to the people that we are trying to reach. And we know that there are, you know, people who practice the Christian faith that stick out so much that they are pretty much irrelevant to the people of the world. But the question I would like to pose to you is this. In our cultural quest for survival, right, in our quest to survive in culture, to be relevant, right, this is something that's often driven by our fear of irrelevance. Have Christians today become a kind of crypto-Christian, right? Have we clothed our faith with the forms of culture to the point that our Christianity has morphed into something entirely different, a hybrid religion, a religion that is a mix of some semblance of the Christian faith yet largely shaped and formed by culture? And are we like the Kakure of Japan, holding so tightly to our version of the faith that we can no longer sense if it has already slipped between our fingers? to be able to distinguish between what is authentic and what is a watered-down shell of a version of that which is true. I'm sure we can all admit to say today that being a Christian in our culture, in our day, can be really confusing, right? Christianity is supposed to be defined by love, yet Christians are often viewed as judgmental hypocrites. Our faith proclaims the forgiveness of sin, yet we are often remembered for our self-righteous behavior. One research group studying evangelical Christians revealed that the public perception of evangelicals were this, that they were illiterate, greedy, psychos, racist, stupid, narrow-minded bigots, idiots, fanatics, nutcases, screaming loons, delusional simpletons, pompous morons, cruel nitwits, and freaks. And that's just a partial list, right? And of course, that is not who I believe we are as Christians. But at times, because we know of what 
are some people's perception of Christians, of the Christian faith. We can grow to be really embarrassed of the church, embarrassed of Christians at large, and embarrassed to be known, to be seen as a devoted Christian. To be Christian in the first century is immensely unpopular to say the least, right? People who are Christians were persecuted for their faith. We think of evil emperors like Nero who would stop at nothing to inflict pain, torture, persecution on Christians. And the Christians in the first century went through so much pain, challenge, and toil in order to live out their faith. Well, today we live in a completely different climate, don't we? Right, Especially people like us who live in a first world country like Singapore, largely accepting of different cultures and religions, we get to practice our faith freely. And so we're not so much under that kind of persecution that the first century Christians will go through. But today our persecution kind of takes in a, diff- a different form, doesn't it? Right, where the thought of someone being pious and devoted in faith looks like someone you know, conjures up images of a person being really rigid, non-accepting or embracing, maybe even unintelligent, uh, holding on to faith and refuting certain scientific claims. And we also live in a world today where we're taught to identify and celebrate the good in one another and it's a really celebratory kind of culture. We also celebrate individualism today, you know, it's kind of a do you do you kind of culture. Everyone is entitled to their own beliefs and there is no right, there's no wrong. Let's agree to disagree. And all of this, right, you know, our uh, aversion to being identified as a devoted, pious Christian our cultural climate where we only identify the good and shy away from confronting the bad in another person, where we celebrate individualism, where we are taught not to impose or inflict our own views and our own beliefs on another person. You are entitled to your own path, your own way, to peace, to joy, you do you. All of this right, conspires against our mission on the earth, and that is to preach the gospel of Jesus, to declare his good news, his saving grace to all mankind. Perhaps in our quest for relevance, to fit in, we have lost sight of the great commission, of the mission of Jesus. Perhaps in our quest for relevance, we have largely become irrelevant to our world. Because relevance, in my opinion, is not becoming like another person. It is becoming what the person needs. And we as Christians have to affirm the belief that no matter how good, how kind, how intelligent a person may be, that person needs Jesus. That person needs to come into the saving knowledge of Jesus. That without Jesus, there is no joy, there is no peace that is lasting, there is no eternal life, for there is no way to salvation apart from Christ. No matter how good, kind, or how much you have done for the planet, there is no way to salvation apart from Christ. And I'm reminded of the words of the Apostle Paul to the Roman church, he says this in chapter 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. 
For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Paul would go on further in Romans chapter 3 to say this, that there is no one righteous, no, not one. Isaiah chapter 64 verse 6 would tell us that our righteousness, man's attempt at being right, at being good, are like filthy rags before the Lord. And what does it mean for us as Christians to be not ashamed of the gospel? And that is this, you know, that we are unapologetic of what we believe. What we believe scripture says, what we believe God says. Because this is not a matter of opinion or perspective. It is reality. The Bible tells us so, so clearly that no one is saved apart from Jesus. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not apologetic for it because it is reality as we know it to be. It is both good and sobering, good news that it is the power of God that gives us salvation for everyone who believes, sobering because it tells us that there is no path to this salvation apart from Jesus Christ. And I want to call all of you today, all who are listening to this podcast, to courage, to boldness, to not be ashamed of the gospel, to not be ashamed of your faith. And I understand that there are certain unhealthy and unpleasant associations that come with being known as a Christian. But I believe all the more we are to go into where there are misconceptions and false perceptions to redeem the world's view of God, of Christianity. We are to go into these places to represent the Father and in some cases represent the Father, represent who He is, where there are false perceptions. We show up with the light of Christ. Matthew chapter 5 tells us that let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. There is much at stake here, right? For wherever we refuse to let our light shine in this temporary moment called life, there may be some who will spend eternity in perpetual darkness. We are called to shine God's light to declare his gospel, to not be ashamed, such that many may come into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ from darkness to light. And I'll call you, all who are listening, to extraordinary bonus, to begin having these honest, bold conversations with people, to share the gospel, to tell of your testimony, to tell of the goodness of God, to spread the truth of the gospel that is both sobering and good. It is sobering that it tells us that it is not good people but safe people who get to heaven. No matter how much good deeds or righteousness we accumulate in our own strength, it will never be enough. But the good news of the gospel is that Jesus paid the price for us, for our sin, for our evil. He paid a price that would satisfy all requirements. And in him, we have this peace. In him, we have this righteousness that he says is freely given and is accessed by all who believe in him. Let us not be ashamed of the gospel. Let us not be ashamed of being a Christian in our world. And let's truly be relevant to our world, to our workplaces, to our schools, to our family members. Let's be relevant. Let's 
in our speech, in our word, in our deed, shine the light of Christ, such that our good deeds will glorify our Father in heaven. And use these moments, use these opportunities to address the deepest, most existential need in men, and that is man's need for a savior to be saved. And so as we close off the podcast this morning, I would like to invite you, wherever you're at, to ask for the Holy Spirit to come upon you in power. I'm reminded this morning from the book of Acts chapter 4 that talks about the disciples who met with the Holy Spirit in the upper room. And it says in scripture that the place that they were meeting was shaken and when they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, they spoke the word of God, the gospel of the Lord with boldness, with courage and that is what we need in this time. I'm thankful even as I consider the words of scripture that God doesn't call me to do it on my own. He gives me, he gives all of us his Holy Spirit, the spirit that empowers us with grace, with mercy, with kindness but also with boldness and courage to do what is beyond our natural ability, what's beyond our natural realms of comfort. And I pray this over you that the Spirit will come upon you even today, even in this moment, to fill you with boldness and courage even as the Spirit brings to your mind names and faces of people you are to reach in this time. And I can't think of a better moment in recent days like this one for the gospel to be preached, for this great message of hope to meet with people in a time where there is massive loss and feelings of hopelessness. Let our light shine before men. Let light come in and pierce all that is darkness. And so let's spend a few moments this morning in whatever posture you prefer, in whatever way you would best express your hunger and desire for the Spirit, in sincere repentance for the moments where you have been ashamed of being a Christian, where you have shied away from boldly proclaiming God and His hope. Let us come to the Spirit today in repentance and in hunger, our great need for more of Him. Let's spend a few moments this morning asking for more of the Holy Spirit such that we may be filled with boldness and courage to proclaim His word to the ends of the earth. Let's spend a few moments this morning doing so. Awesome. I hope that you felt the tangible presence of the Spirit even as you sought after Him in this time. Let me pray for you today even as you begin your day. Father, we thank you for your Spirit, that which empowers us, that which clothes us with boldness and courage. Your Spirit that is freely given to us when we call upon your name, when we seek you with our hearts, you come, you are faithful Spirit of God. God, we pray that you'll lead us this week to proclaim your gospel, this message of hope to people we know who so desperately need it. God, give us grace, give us divine 
opportunities, appointments, windows in time to share off your hope. God, we thank you for this day. Lead us in the days that are ahead. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of The Daily. I pray that you would have a blessed, bold, and courageous day. I'll see you in the next episode. Grace and peace. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to The Daily Podcast. We'll have fresh new episodes out for you every weekday. If you like what you're hearing and want to check us out, uh, you can look us up on our website, www.thecity.sg, or check us out on our various social media platforms. We'll see you at the next episode. Peace.